With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome in to the Lombardi Line presented by DraftKings. We're live from Circa Resort and Casino on a football Friday. And yes, I can still say that because the NFL is 365, 24-7, all the things. Welcome in. Appreciate you joining us. No Michael Lombardi today, but we are very fortunate to have good friend of the show, Matt Brown, join us. Reunited and it feels so good, my friend. How fortunate do you feel? Oh, so fortunate. I doubt it. Well, you're the one that... I before, doubt it. Right before we come on air today, he goes, did it just feel like Christmas morning that you get to work with me today? He's so humble ladies and gentlemen listen it was one of the things it's been a while it just feel right back just like a glove right just slipping right back in here good stuff the vsin final countdown crew mm. back together but of mm. course you can catch matt every weekend hosting the handle right here from circa as well as stepping in on a numbers game all the time the long shots crew which by the way how many times should i set an, a total and over under number on how many times you're going to be peeking over to the sports book we're gonna, to watch the mexico open we're gonna be okay i mean we'll probably get one of these tvs okay. up here put on it sooner than later but yeah everything's good uh Lots of good stuff to get to, though. Um, we're, we will talk a little bit of college hoops this hour as well. Tim Murray is going to join the show. And then later on in hour two, talk a little bit of the early draft props combine getting set to start from Indianapolis on Monday. So Thor Nystrom is going to join us as well. Uh, but let's get into some of the NFL news of the day. ESPN's Field Yates reporting the Seahawks have restructured Geno Smith's contract, converting his $9.6 million roster bonus, which would have been due March 18th into a prorated signing bonus, creating four. million in cap space with their structure. He and Derek Carr actually both getting restructures done uh, evidently. But what would you make of the news? Yeah, I mean, look, Geno Smith is... He is what he is, right? Like you kind of know what the floor is and the ceiling is almost non-existent. You have a dude that's got a fairly decent floor and you know that you're never going to get probably kind of that Super Bowl winning quarterback out of him. There were 25 quarterbacks, so at least 400 dropbacks last season, Okay. He was PFF's 11th graded passer. I mean, you know, look, yeah, there's a bunch of bad quarterbacks last year, but still 11th out of 25 with at least 400 dropbacks. If you take EPA plus CPOE composite, he was 14th in the NFL. If you take the average adjusted EPA and combine that with a PFF grade, he came out to about 15th in the NFL. So you just, you know what you're getting, Geno Smith, right? You're getting about 
league average. And sometimes that's okay. I mean, you're looking at a, at a league that has a bunch of bad quarterback play and there's a bunch of quarterback needy teams. And we'll talk about that later in the show today. But, you know, with Geno, they don't really have a choice. They don't have a draft pick, which you can really, you know, kind of count on getting one of the game changer type quarterbacks. And so I think it's, you do what you got to do. You bring him back in and you, you pray to get a ceiling season out of him. And the supporting you know? cast is pretty good when healthy. And mm-hmm. I'm just curious to see what that Seattle Seahawks team is going to look like with Mike McDonald and with Ryan Grubb as offensive coordinator, what they want their identity really to be. And we're, yeah. we just don't know yet. So, yeah. I mean, listen, of the, of the options that they had, this is, this is just what it is. I mean, like getting something done with Gino and trying to free up a little bit of cash so that you can spend and try to make this team good because the window here for this team is kind of the next couple of years, right? I mean, you're going to come up with some of these dudes that are getting, look, Tyler Lockett is still productive, but he's aging. He's getting on the wrong side of the, of the curve, right? For wide receivers and all that. So you kind of got to maximize these next couple of years. The, uh, the Saints trying to do a similar thing, restructuring Derek Carr's contract. This obviously was not the year that they were hoping to get out of him. Yeah. And for me, as like a, I am a, everyone that listens to this show knows I've been a Derek Carr apologist for a long time because I firmly believe that if he had a good defense, he'd mm. be in a much different position. And then he just goes out and he's checked down Charlie and he's not good. Yeah. And it, it was really, really frustrating to watch, especially if you are somebody who had a ticket on the Saints in the NFC South. Everybody was thinking it was going to be the Saints or the Falcons. It ends up being the Bucks that win the division and go to the divisional round but um but what do you think about Derek Carr and the Saints and can they take a step forward this year yeah it's well it's, it's the worst division in football for sure and so it's really when I say it's anyone's division that's actually not even true because <laughs> Carolina you can you, oh, you can eliminate on. them you can eliminate them but I mean it, it is any of the three teams can win outside of Carolina and Carr the problem is like you said I mean just I don't know what it is. First instinct for him always is to not make the big play, is to not do the thing, is to not push it down the field, is not take advantage of the playmakers and things and whatnot like that. And, and sometimes that's fine. Sometimes playing conservatively is the right decision. You don't always have to be YOLO out there. <laughs> but, I mean, there are other times where you have to keep defensive defenses honest. You have to be able to push the ball down the field and make them respect the fact that you have, like, a Chris Olave on that team, right? That you have dudes that can, that can really – uh, light up the field and he just doesn't want to do that I think again it's kind of same, almost like the same deal with, with Geno Smith that we were just talking about like you know what the floor is which is a decent floor but the ceiling is non-existent like it's just it's just it's just not there you are never getting like Super Bowl quality play out of Derek Carr you know what I was always particularly frustrated with watching him especially this year was that a lot of the counting stats would mm-hmm. still be there but the point production was never there the red zone scores were never there the big plays yeah. were never there but he's getting his yards yeah. uh, completion percentage is always oh, going to yeah. be great because oh, it's yeah. like when you're completing th- when every pass is three yards down the field those yeah. are high completion percentage passes so he's, he's gonna people are like dude he completed 69% <laughs> yeah I know you could have done that thrown opposite handed probably uh his former teammate josh jacobs is one of many players who are going to be talked about a lot with it being franchise tech season free agency coming up uh, the athletics to sean reed reporting the raiders have quote yet to engage in any contract extension talks with jacobs he of course had a career year two years ago he's nfl's leading rusher thought he was going to get that big long-term mm-hmm. contract obviously doesn't end up getting it he did hold out for a time they gave him the one year 11.8 million dollar deal um what do you foresee happening with him? We've been playing a game on this show this week. Sign him, tag him, or let him walk. If you're the Raiders, what would you do with Josh Jacobs? Yeah, he gone. He gone. For sure. They understand. They have to understand it's a franchise where they're at. And like right now, 
they're not going to win, right? And so if you're not going to win, you can't spend a whole bunch of money on a running back. You just need to kind of start to start to build from the ground up here and investing a ton in a running back. Even if even if you believe that Jacobs is a let's just even say top seven, eight running back in the NFL still, you cannot put that money for this team into Jacobs. We'll talk a little bit later, you know, about some of these teams where maybe he would fit in and maybe that it does make sense to spend the money on a running back because you are in win now mode. And if you think that you're a running back away or a running game away, or at least somebody like Jacobs away from winning this year, then it, then it could make sense. But the Raiders have to, they have to be sitting in that room, look at the personnel, look around and go, we're not winning anyway. So why would we spend this money on a running back? Are we headed for another offseason just debating running back value? Probably because wherever Saquon signs, whether he gets tagged or whether he signs elsewhere, it's going to be for a number that everyone is going to say he's not worth because that's what we do with running backs. I kind of beg to differ when it comes to certain running backs, specifically a guy like Saquon Barkley, specifically whenever we looked at where he might land and stuff. But yes, we are going to get all of that like Derrick Henry obviously on the downside of his career right he's going to sign somewhere for a decent amount of money probably more money than most people think he's worth and then it becomes the whole deal how can you do that for this guy whatever and it's like you know it's all it's all team dependent how much cap space do you have do you think that that makes you a contender this year you know all of those things are what really matters in this discussion outside of just the do running backs necessarily matter can you find a pacheco at the end of the draft or do you get you know yeah yeah. well and that's the rub right because a lot of these owners like i understand it from their standpoint of we can find talent at that position for cheaper later on in the draft and not have to draft a guy high or pay him more than $10 million and still get really, really good production from the position. So I get it from that standpoint. But then you also, to your point about Saquon or a guy like Christian McCaffrey who commands a big Mm -hmm. contract because of all the versatile things that he does, like those guys earn it. It's different. Exactly. That's the thing. It's like Saquon is going, everyone is going to lose their mind whenever Saquon gets whatever he gets. And it's going to be this thought of it's not worth it. He's not worth it. He's not worth it. Well, maybe he is. Is Jonathan Taylor's contract the where you would see that being kind of somewhere in that neighborhood. Right. And, and it's like, people are going to say he's not worth it. He's not worth it. He he's only played X amount of games. They're going to yeah. go to the whole, all the time that he's missed and all the stuff like that. But like, it's all, it's all team dependent. Now, if the Raiders spent a ton of money on Jacobs, you would probably sit back and go, I mean, he's probably not worth that because you got a lot of problems <laughs> that you got to fix. And so spending that on a running back, probably not worth it. If you take a team that is on the up or a team that like is win today mode, yeah. then it's a completely different conversation. Um, we're going to talk a lot again throughout the course of the show about the draft and Caleb Williams, but it was interesting. Mike Florio of, of PFT mm-hmm. um, said that he, he got this email this week from the list of draft eligible players and agents representing them from the NFLPA this week. And the first thing that he wanted to do was go see, you know, I haven't heard a lot about Caleb Williams and, and who's representing him. He apparently doesn't have an agent. Do you think at this stage in, in his career where you know that you're going to be the number one pick, that contract is is not going to change. Is, is that why he doesn't have one? I, yeah, I mean, it's like you're not really. Neg- what are you negotiating, right? I mean, yeah. you're you're the number one pick. This is the money that's slotted for you, and this this is how it's going to go. And he'll have a an entertainment agent. You know, what I'm yeah. Saying? yeah. I mean, he probably already does. Obviously, he's in commercials. I and just stuff, am whatever. thinking about like. Obviously, he's had the off-field way that people have talked about his personality Mm. and stuff and somebody that could help your narrative, I wonder, Mm. where that would be a benefit. Maybe not the negotiation process, but just somebody like in those rooms, talking to media, talking to coaches, Mm -hmm. talking to people on your behalf. I feel like that would be beneficial, no? Yeah, I mean, I would look... 
he's got he he has some sort of representation, right? Because he's in a Wendy's commercial. Like he didn't he didn't negotiate that by himself. Like someone yeah. did that. You know, I mean, some something along the somewhere someone along the way is advising him and helping him out. I mean, I think it's just not your typical agent client deal from a a strictly football perspective. And it for him, it's going to save him a bunch of money because I mean, at the end of the day. Again, you're going to be number one overall. What are you really doing? They're going to give you what they give you, and you just kind of go with it. Lamar Jackson didn't have one, and he's got yeah. a five-year, $260 million deal, so I, I think he's okay. He's but it, but it. similarly, in the draft process, people were all talking so much about him and how he shouldn't be a quarterback and XYZ, and he ends up being the 32 pick in the draft. Yeah. And so you wonder if – I mean, maybe he's not an MVP if he's not mm -hmm. with the Ravens. I don't know. But if he could have gone higher and commanded a better contract yeah. earlier, you, you never know. Mm -hmm. And so you just wonder if an agent could have helped that type of thing. Um, now, the team that is expected to draft Caleb Williams, Williams, by the way, a $9 favorite to be drafted specifically mm. by the Bears right now, which is a move from minus 400 over the weekend. But the team in the Chicago Bears, there are a lot of question marks about what they're going to do in terms of their quarterback, Justin Fields. We've got a lot of Caleb Williams talk. Where, where might Justin Fields go if and when he's ultimately traded? So much more to get into when we return on the Lombardi line. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
If you haven't already, make sure you check out the new and improved vcin.com. We've got a fresh new look, enhanced navigation, the website now with a mobile first focus and improved functionality, but all that same great content you're used to today on the website, best bets and college hoops, as well as the NBA and a special article on how to bet spring training got underway yesterday, by the way, the Dodgers crushing the Padres 14 to one. So that's fun for me as a Padres fan, even in spring training, you can get emotional. Okay. Are, are you going to be betting? spring training Matt no, no all right that is degeneracy I don't care I don't yeah, care but what I can see says. that happening for you I don't care what anyone says no, <laughs> um, no absolutely not during the commercial break yes you got a push notification on your phone we got some NFL we did news. the salary cap officially released it is going to be 255.4 million dollars that is up 30.6 million dollars from last season the statement the unprecedented 30 million dollar increase per club in this year's salary cap is a result of the full repayment of all amounts advanced by clubs and deferred by the players during the covid pandemic as well as an extraordinary increase in media revenue mm. for the 2024 season mm. so we're up 30.6 million to 255 point so don't hate Taylor Swift. She's helping people yeah, watch these ex- games. Exactly. <laughs> I was saying this all along. Yeah. I'm like, what's what's good for the game is good for right. everyone. I don't know. I don't know why everybody's mad. Yeah, she's big, got a boyfriend. Big, play football. <laughs> big news though that that's actually confirmed. I know the reports yeah. were that it would be around 250, potentially exceeding that. So 255.4, that official number, um, and that'll be big for a lot of these clubs as they're especially during this time mm-hmm. of year trying to figure out who they're able to sign, who they need to move. Yes, it is. And listen, if you if you haven't gone in and kind of look, there's a just Google it. There's lists all over the place of what the salary cap situation looks like for a lot of these teams. And we are looking at some teams that are super, super flush with cash. And we look at some teams that are going to be doing a whole lot of sitting Salary cap's kind of a myth, as we know. <laughs> These guys are wizards with it and have figured out ways to get all around it. But you you do know the teams that aren't going to be able to go out and just spend, spend, spend. And like that's yeah. the real thing. And you can kind of look at these other teams that you know are going to go out and, and be able to really – try and prove these teams. That doesn't mean these free agents are going to sign with them. Just because you have all the money doesn't mean that they're going to sign with you, right? Like, yeah. that's the other thing. They still have to choose you. It's not that it's, you can be like, you're, you're the ugly kid that's rich, you know, and it's like, but you're still ugly, you know, and so like you, 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 you aren't, aren't going to get the woman just because yeah. you're just because you're rich. And so it's uh, I look at some of these teams and we'll talk about some of these places we think these guys are going to land. And, and you know, I think that there are some teams out there that are pretty appealing even though they might not necessarily have like the greatest season last season I do think there's some of these teams that are on the up that probably going to attract some some pretty good guys this year well let's hit Justin Fields here Mm -hmm. real quickly because obviously there was all of the drama this past week about him unfollowing the Bears on social media unfollowing the NFL he said he just he wants this all to be over with he doesn't want that kind of stuff on his timeline but he did follow Falcons players so the Falcons went from a plus 550 shot to land Fields on the DraftKings odds board and now they're a minus 120 favorite the Steelers are still very much so another team that's been Mm -hmm. in the conversation around Justin Fields they're sitting there at three to one Rich Eisen had former Pittsburgh Steelers legend Terry Bradshaw on the show yesterday. And he had some really interesting comments about whether or not the Steelers should go ahead and try to get Justin Fields. He actually called it a huge mistake. <laughs> Take a listen. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Pickett. You Kenny Pickett is, uh, he's, I'll tell you what, Rich, I know him. I know him well. And he's fiercely competitive. He's, He's extreme, he's tough-minded kid. Um, things don't bother him. Uh, I really like him a lot. Why is Purdy successful with the 49ers, Rich? Look at all that talent, and look at that coach calling plays. And that kid's got the poise. Kenny has the poise. I, I just want my quarterback to be poised. 
All right. I just want him poised. If he's poised, then his brain's going to be calm. He's going to see the coverages. He's going to be quick with his decision-making. And Pickett has all of that. They're going to beat him up, and they're going to want to trade for Fields in Chicago. And I say that's a huge mistake. You don't need Fields. Stay with what you got. Thoughts. Yeah, because that worked so well last season. Yeah. Yeah, because that worked so well last season. That was my first thought as well. I've never played a snap in the NFL. Terry Bradshaw is a legend in the NFL. That does not mean that his takes on what a team should have in 2024 mean anything whatsoever, right? And like he kind of tipped his hand right there. Anyway, I know him and I know him well. Oh, you mean the guy that you know and you know well is the guy that you want to play quarterback and the guy that you have no idea about anything about him and you don't have any relationship with him is not the guy you want as quarterback? Shocker. That's not human nature or anything. You know, it's exactly what you would expect when you hear some older guy come on and say like, well, I know him and... I like what I know. I mean, yeah, that's what old people do. You know, old people don't want change. Old people like what they know. And so I expect that from Terry Bradshaw when it comes down to it. But listen, it's they've tried it. It didn't work. They went to how can you sit there honestly and be like, yeah, this is what they went to Mason Rudolph. They made the choice to go to Mason Rudolph. They wanted everything in this world not to go to Mason Rudolph. And then they had to go to Mason Rudolph to get it. The reason Kenny Pickett started as long as he did like in my opinion is because the the team likes him so much. He's a very yeah. likable person internally, but 13 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, his QBR is 46-7. He's only thrown multiple touchdowns in a game once in 24 career starts. And not like he's That's devoid of crazy. talent on that team either. Well, yeah, and so that there goes are back playmakers. to that does go back to the point that he made about Purdy and what the 49ers have in terms of talent. Like you've got Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth. Mm. Like yeah. you've got a lot of weapons around you. So you need somebody that's going to be able to take advantage of that. And I know Matt Canada's no Kyle Shanahan, but maybe Arthur Smith could be something yeah. like that as offensive coordinator. Yeah, no, absolutely. This is just it's a bad take. It's, it's again, he's a legend and I Louisiana so, so boy, that, Louisiana boy. My aunt went on a date with him. So all that to say, it's an actual truth. That's true. Who do you like the, the fit better Atlanta or the Steelers or elsewhere? I mean, look, probably the best fit is probably Pittsburgh. I think okay. when it all comes down to it, Interesting. three to one. Um, but I mean, any of those, any of those teams could benefit from having Justin Fields, right? I mean, if we look at that list, any of those teams outside of once you get, I mean, you can stop the list at the commanders because we know they're going to draft a court, right? But yeah, I mean, like any of those teams could benefit from Justin Fields. Well, another team that's been talked about, I'm not, not team, another player that's been talked about mm-hmm. is going to the Steelers is Russell Wilson. If you believe uh, Ochocinco, Chad Ochocinco and, and his um, sources, I guess mm-hmm. <laughs> would be, uh, where do you think Russ ends up? Obviously the, the Broncos, if and when they release him are still going to be paying him a pretty penny. So any team can get him at a cheap price, but Pittsburgh minus two twenty five to land Russ. Yeah, I think, if I was betting this, I think the bet would be on the Raiders at 550. Okay. Um, for me, if you if you look, so that's the other deal about getting Russ, right? Like you're getting him for pennies on the dollar, and so if there's no risk to any of these teams. I think if you look, if you're the Raiders, you go in, you you understand where you're kind of at, and taking the risk on a dude with a little bit of maybe still having some upside, or if he flops, who really cares? If you're the Steelers, man, I don't know if you can really risk it with Russ right now. I mean, he, he might be washed. Like we don't know for sure, but he might be washed, you know? And so do you waste six games, seven games of your season to find out if he's washed or not? Like, 
I don't know if you yeah. want to go that route, right? I mean, like it's it's the the upside play is Fields, right? Like the upside play is Fields, where where Russ is, even if he's not completely washed, he's certainly on the downside yeah. of his career. He's on the he's on the you know the post thirty side of his career. How crazy is it to think about that? Two years ago, Russell Wilson is the centerpiece of one of the biggest trades in NFL history in terms of what he's getting paid in compensation. And now we're talking about him being on his third team in four yeah. years because it just did it did not work. And even this past season where he had like marked improvements from what was a career low worst season that he's ever had. Mm. Such a far cry from what we saw from him in Seattle. Like he's not a Super Bowl MVP caliber player anymore. And now I wonder if he even has a landing spot. Truly, like that's a lot of the mm. conversation that I've been hearing is that like, does he have a spot as a starter in the NFL next year. There's a lot of there's a lot of quarterback needy teams. Someone will take a shot on him because so I'm not a I'm not a big Russ fan at this point in his career, but I will say this. He didn't necessarily get a fair shake last year in Denver. Like Sean Payton didn't want him from the get go. That was kind of pretty obvious. Like as soon as he came in there, he started making comments that pretty Stop much he, yeah, really, pretty much he didn't want him there. Yeah. And then, you know, as the season progressed, it became blatantly obvious that he didn't want him there. And so, you know, I th I think he's probably league average or worse at this point, but maybe not. I mean, maybe if he gets in a system that actually wants him and wants to try and make sure mm -hmm. that see if there's anything left in the tank that that there could at least be something there left with Russ. But yeah, I mean, I, I, to play devil's advocate, he might have not, not have gotten a fair shake last yeah. year. What What do you think is the first domino domino to fall? Is it going to be Fields? Is he going to be the first trade that we see? It's it seems like that is what everyone's waiting on, and then yeah. we just and then we go, and from, then there. We go from there. Yeah. Okay. Ugh, I just don't know about Russ. Like, he's getting older. The leadership component of it is always weird. He's a very polarizing figure, yeah. I feel like, in the locker room. I don't know. He's I a dork. <laughs> and, and dudes don't like, you know, that's the, seriously though. Yeah. He's a dork. And a lot of like guys don't, they just don't gravitate towards dorks, right? Like the weird thing is. You know, Ra is, Raiders country, let's ride. I don't think that's going to sound it's like, it's like, great. You can be, you could actually be hated and at least get respect from people or whatever. Like you can be super beloved or you can be like a, you can be like a, 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 a jerk to everyone, but at least you could get respect. But like. It's hard when you're dork to get respect. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you, you hear that. You're like, like Nick Saban's a, Nick Saban's you. a notorious, you know, hard A, you know, but whatever. But people respect him. They love him. And then you hear about the players, coaches and stuff. And those work. But like a dork, it's, it's hard. It's hard for dorks. Coming up on the Lombardi Line, VEASAN host and college sports extraordinaire, Tim Murray, joins the show. How the Washington State Cougars have become kryptonite for the number four team in the country. We'll be right back. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit $5 and get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. If your first bet loses, download the app and use the promo code VSIN when you sign up. That's V-S-I-N. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Stormy Bond and Tony and Matt Brown in for Michael Lombardi today. It is time for us to rank our top five teams that are under the most pressure to win the offseason. And I'm it. very excited about this. All right. So let's start from the bottom up. Mm -hmm. Who is team number five? Number five for me is Cincinnati Bengals. And the reason being here is you get Joe Burrow back. You have Jamar Chase. He is going to be demanding a big contract. So can you get that done with him? Probably going to have to franchise tag T Higgins. And so big expense to T Higgins. You got to let Tyler Boyd go that offensive line that they thought that they had retooled did not in fact 
pan out for them. And it was still a pretty porous offensive line. And then on the defensive side of the ball, while they did make some strides, they certainly are not where they want to be and are going to have to invest on the defensive side as well. They, they do have some money. Mm-hmm. And so they have money to spend luring people to play with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and all that shouldn't, you wouldn't think would be a big deal, but you, you do look at this and I think where we're at right now with this team where it's ton of money invested in Burrow about to have to lay out. a ton of money to, to Jamar Chase. It's probably your last season with T Higgins because your franchise, he's going to walk. Yeah. I think they're under a lot of pressure to win this year. They need to figure out on the defensive side of the ball and the offensive line. What can we do to make this team this year? Yeah. A winner. And that's a good point financially with the wide receiver room that like this is the, the gangs together. Yeah. So this is the year. Mm-hmm. We've got to make something happen. Uh, my number five was the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we already talked about the Kenny Pickett of it all. The quarterback situation has got to be figured out. But this is a team that the owner has made clear is in win now mode that they need to do something. We know that Mike Tomlin has not had a losing season. We know all the things, but they also haven't won a playoff game since 2016. Mm-hmm. And the, the time is ticking down. All that talent that you have offensively, you got Matt Canada out of there. Let's see if you can do something. I think there's significant pressure under the Steelers to get things right for specifically for Mike Tomlin in that offense. Yeah, like and, and like we said, you know, a little bit earlier, there is talent there. It's Absolutely. not like it is a team that is devoid of talent. So you just got to figure it out. How do you make this thing work? And obviously that all starts at the quarterback position for them. Number four for me, uh, it's the Eagles. And the Eagles were a team that was in everybody's top three of their power rankings for the vast majority of last season. Then every, then the wheels came off, on the, specifically on the defensive side of the ball as well. So what do you do? You go out, enter Vic Fangio. He comes in. You got to try and figure out what you do on the defensive side. On the offensive side, even with all of those playmakers, there were times that offense was clunky. There was times where they were not able to move the ball effectively and score. And you go and you start to look now, Kelsey's probably retiring. So now you got to fill that void on the offensive line. That was one of the best offensive lines in all the NFL. So you start to look and it's like, Oh man, there's a lot of these pieces here, but yeah, you're replacing a major piece on the offensive line, figuring out the defense because you can't waste all of that offensive talent as well. There's a lot of pressure on that Eagles team because there's two, they're way, way, way too talented to allow to happen. What happened to them down the stretch last year? With uh, with Big Dom coming back, they should be fine, right? Because that's what caused <laughs> the spiral was that he wasn't on the sideline. Yeah, apparently. That's it. <laughs> uh, my five is Big D, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, epic collapse in the playoffs this year. Again, Jerry Jones is letting Mike McCarthy return for the final year of his contract. Dak Prescott got to get his contract figured out. Him, CeeDee Lamb, Micah Parsons, $100 million plus dollars invested in yeah. three players. Is uh, it's, uh, Dak Prescott, two and five in the playoffs. They've had three straight 12-win seasons, have done absolutely nothing, nothing to show for it. I think this season is going to be huge for Dallas. Um, and I know Mike McCarthy says he knows how to win. It's been 14 years since mm-hmm. we've seen that. So let's see something now. My number three and your number three both yes. come in as the Simpatico. Buffalo Bills. We can go ahead and kind of tag team this one here. I mean, for me, the reason I put the Bills on here is you look and we, we talk about it's a passing league. What do they do now? Gabe Davis, free agent. He's going to walk. You look at Stephon Diggs, who apparently is very is, is upset. Mm-hmm. Trade candidate, possibly, depending on what happens there. Do you waste this window of Josh Allen in his prime by not getting him the weapons needed to properly yeah. to proper yeah to properly um, be as efficient as humanly possible in the offensive side of the ball? He can only do so much. 
watch and you saw the playing time for Seth Diggs. He started playing fewer snaps. He was getting fewer targets. There was obviously some friction that was going on there with him and that team. And as we mentioned, Gabe Davis, they tried it as a wide receiver too. It just didn't pan out. He's just not a wide receiver. He's a three at best in this league. And so I think there's a pretty decent amount of pressure on this Bills team to try to figure it out and not waste the prime years of a top five NFL quarterback. Well, and if I'm them, I am livid at the way this past season ended. You had a prime opportunity at home having the Chiefs in your house and you let that go by the wayside like if not now when in my mind with this Buffalo Bills team so I'm in complete agreement with you from that standpoint my number two the New York Jets they have got to get this offensive line right or Aaron Rodgers won't even get to four snaps again Mm -hmm. in year two like they have they have got to figure this out there is so much chaos uh, tumultuous issues behind the scenes with Robert Sala with Nathaniel Hackett like get your things in order behind the scenes you need to have a backup quarterback because even your owner Woody Johnson said a couple weeks ago at NFL honors Zach Wilson was not one so you Mm -hmm. need to get that figured out as well Um, and uh, since Aaron Rodgers is the team owner the coach the GMs since he's all of those things. Why don't you go out there and, and get your boy Devontae Adams as well? I know you're recruiting him. I think that that would be wonderful for all involved. And um, they, they've got the, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but they really, really need, they're, they're willing to go all in. You know, this is the year because everything's going to fall apart and crash and burn if you don't. They're, yeah, I mean, the Jets are, obviously going to be on those teams that are going to be under the spotlight for sure, strictly because of what Aaron Rodgers has done and how much, how much he has brought to that team. I mean, listen, for better or for worse, he has put that team now under the microscope for sure. And when he comes back, all the nonsense of the offseason and all that, like you're, you're going to have to live up to it now, right? All your appearances on all the shows and all the trash talking you did and all those different things like that. Like now you got to go out and you've got to prove it and prove that you can still do it at an advanced age coming off of a very major injury. So desperation I, was yeah, the word. I got I, it. I, I got it. It, it, it came, sure. it hit the noggin there eventually. Was, listen, listen, it's fine. Like, it's <laughs> delayed. It's cool. They're desperate. Yeah, there it's you fine. Go. Okay. Maybe, yeah. What's your number two? Uh, number two for me, the Falcons and the reason for the Falcons is pretty obvious. It is the worst division in all of football. And if you can get a quarterback in there, a competent quarterback and competent quarterback play, you are instantly the favorite to win that division. And all you have to do is win a division to get into the playoffs and host a playoff game. And then you are going to be in a position to where at least you can win a Super Bowl because all you have to do is get in the tournament, right? You look at this team with all of what they've got on the offensive side. They go out, they spend a bunch of money on Bates on the defensive side. They're going to add to the defense again in the offseason here. But it all comes down to getting it right at the quarterback position. You have to do it. You can win this division. You have the players, but you have to get it right at the quarterback position. And I think that is a ton of pressure on this Falcons team because, again, they don't have a draft pick to get it done. It would have to be a trade-type scenario to get up to get one of the guys if they yeah. wanted to do that, or they have to trade for a quarterback. Well, that's what I was going to say. So who is it? Because you said it's not yeah. Justin Fields. You said you think Justin Fields to the Steelers makes more sense. Is this a long, is this a long tease for the segment we're doing uh, next? I don't yeah, know. Just yeah, throw it out there. My number one mm. team in the offseason that needs to get it right. Is there any other team than the Chicago Bears? Matt Eberflus, this is on you, buddy. Ryan Poles, this is on you. Let's face it. The Bears control this draft. Assuming they do it, we all think that they're going to do. They're going to trade Justin Fields. Um, they, they have a slew, they'll have a slew of picks mm-hmm. in the first and second rounds if they make that trade, uh, including obviously number one and number nine overall. And the Bears as an organization have a systematic flaw of developing quarterbacks. 
So if you're going on the Caleb Williams train, do not mess this up. Like you have to get it right. Obviously you missed your opportunity to get uh, CJ Stroud or whomever that you wanted last year, because this is the route that you wanted to go. An incredible opportunity in your hands right now. Don't mess it up, especially because you gave Matt Eberflus the reins. You said, I'm going to give you another year to figure it out. If this collapses, they have no one else to blame and it's going to be a disaster for them for a long time. My number one, the Detroit Lions. And the reason is, is listen, they were real contenders this year. And now it is expected that they are going to be contenders moving forward. They had an incredible offense. They have to fix the defense because if you look around, the Packers are going to be better. If a if the Vikings can figure out a quarterback situation, the Vikings are still going to be good. So you have to go in and you have to do this offseason right and fix the secondary for this team mm. because you have the pieces on offense. They'll get something done with golf. You've got Amon Ross St. Brown. You have a year two of Gibbs, a year two of Laporta. You get a first full season, by the way, with Jamison Williams. You remember, he was injured and then he was suspended. This is going to be the first real year with Jamison Williams with the team as well. The offense part is there. You've got to fix the defense and you can actually be a real contender. And I believe that. I'm not just saying that. I don't think that's lip service. You have a team that can score, go blow for blow with everyone. You just can't let the teams to score at will against you, which is what we saw in the playoffs. Like they cannot do that. You have to fix the secondary. You have to fix this defense because this is a team now that can compete and win today if they can do that. And now they've got the postseason experience, right? Mm -hmm. That was like one of the big knocks last year too, in addition to the secondary issues is that they haven't been there before how are they going to handle it handled it well until obviously they didn't and they get knocked out but now they've got that experience under their belt we're going to hit the break when we're resetting hour two well let's set that long tease yes we're talking quarterbacks when you return on the lombardi line if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 